In preparation for uh, today's message, we shall be reading from the book of Galatians chapter 2, verses 15 to 21. We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Because by works of the law, no one will be justified. But if, in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. We continue our series on Paul's epistle to the Galatians. Today it will be Galatians chapter 2 verses 15 to 21. And the title of today's sermon is Justified by Faith. Paul corrected Peter about giving in to religious pressure. Instead of standing up for the gospel by continuously fellowshipping with the Gentiles, he separated himself when Judaizers arrived. This was a situation in Antioch. And in Antioch, there were even the general population had many Jew, Jewish people there. So there were many Jewish believers there and some Gentile believers. So going back to the background, how important is the background, the historical background? It is very important because it gives meaning to the text. And if you try to interpret the text based on your 21st century experience or personal experience, you will be led to false teaching because you will give an interpretation that the author did not intend. So in this context, Paul was defending the gospel because these people from Jerusalem came to South Galatia, probably South Galatia, where he did some work in preaching the gospel and establishing church communities there. They started to turn away from the gospel by just, and Paul said, it's not really a different gospel, but some were distorting it by just adding the law. Because Judaizers seem to claim to believe in Christ equal to the law while the rest of the Jewish population had faith in the law, in doing the works of the law, but not faith in Christ. So what Paul was saying here, faith in Christ alone, justified by faith alone. And that includes the Gentiles. Therefore, we should not require the Gentiles, especially the ceremonial law, or even the traditional civil law of the Jewish people. But... For the Jew, a Gentile is unclean. And to be clean, they have to be circumcised. 
circumcised is a tradition that started from Abraham, which was established or made by law in the law of Moses. That if you belong to the people of God as a man and your family, you have to be circumcised. So to be part of the family of God, the Gentile believers must be circumcised. That was what the Judaizers were saying. Paul was saying, no, 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 no. Justified by faith alone. And he knew that Peter knew this. However, Peter's actions when he was eating with the other Gentile believers, treating them as clean in Christ, and we know that in, in the book of Acts, he had this experience uh, with Cornelius and with a vision of, of eating uh, unclean food. And, and God said to him, what I have declared clean is clean. So having this, this conflict within him, when the Judaizers came, what did Peter do? He separated himself from the Gentiles. And so that the other Jewish believers followed his example, including Barnabas. Therefore, when Paul saw that, he rebuked Peter in front of them. And that was a very important situation. Why did Paul rebuke Peter in front of them? Because it was made public and the gospel had to be defended. That very action somehow would affect the other Jewish believers that the gospel is just for the Jew and the Gentiles can only be part of a gospel if if they put in the law. No. For Paul, it's faith in Christ, not faith in the law. Faith in Christ, not the obedience of the law, not the works of the law. There was a difference. There was a difference. Now, Paul corrected Peter in front of the others, despite being fellow apostles. Take note, they were fellow apostles. And Paul established that early in Galatians chapter 2 that Peter, James, and John saw that the same spirit that worked through Peter also was working through Paul. So Paul rebuked Peter. Now let me give a side note, although this is not about that. That's why I cannot believe that Peter to be the infallible Pope that others say. Cannot. He's fallible. He's not the rock. He is a stone. Petros. Now, we shared in our application, nobody is above the gospel. No pastor, no preacher, no human, no teacher is above the gospel. That is the gospel as revealed in scripture. As it was confirmed by Peter, although Peter's actions showed differently. So Paul rebuked Peter. That even Barnabas was affected by his example. So it was crucial that Paul corrected Peter in front of the others, but it was also necessary that he wrote about it to the Galatians. Let me tell you what happened in Antioch. Again, it's about, it's about this group that travel wherever I go, they seem to follow me and change what I'm teaching. Distorting people's minds. That's why we said here plainly, don't think it's all the same. No. Every preacher you hear, no matter how popular, even if they call themselves evangelical, must be tested against Scripture. Scripture is the standard. If they're not too accurate, then be careful, because many are not accurate. Forgive me for saying that, because once I hear that there is no repentance in a gospel preaching, that is a lack of accuracy. 
Once I don't hear that you are, that God called Jesus said, repent and believe, then there's a lack of accuracy. Without the suffering, death, and resurrection, and it's all about morality, then there is a lack of accuracy. When the emphasis is more on, do you accept and follow this prayer after me, rather than calling people to repent and call on God to save them from their hearts, rather than that, then I would say, hey, wait a minute. But if you're easy, you easily believe everything. Now here, Paul was rebuked one of the first disciples of Christ. Come on. So please do not treat as God the one who discipled you, your former pastor or your current pastor. You do not treat them as God, as if they won't make mistakes. The gospel is higher than all of us. All of us submit to the gospel. Even Peter had to be rebuked publicly for an action that's not standing up for, that does not show he stood up for the gospel. It was necessary to defend the gospel. Again, no one is higher than the gospel. Paul would proceed to remind the Galatians in the letter that a person is justified by faith in Christ and not the works of the law. Whether Jew or Gentile, it is faith in Christ, not by the works of the law. If you, let me just give a side note, if you rem remember Hebrews 11, talking about the heroes of faith, not one of them, the writer of Hebrews did not even write one of them saying, because they were faithful to the ceremonies of the law. That's why they were part of that. No. They believed in God. They believed in a future city. They believed in the Messiah to come, not because they had faith in the law. But these Judaizers seem to say they have faith in Christ, but they also have faith in this. It's like some of us here, or some people, you say, oh, I believe in Christ, but I also believe in the other so many traditions. I also believe being religious instead of submitting to Scripture alone or believing in Christ alone. There's so many others, not just Christ, there's also other saints. No addition, no subtraction. First point, faith, not the law. Paul explained that Peter and himself, Paul and Peter, belonged to God's covenant people. They were both Jewish. In fact, come to think about it, you can even argue that Paul was more law-oriented in his past life than Peter. Well, he was a Pharisee of the law. He was a Pharisee. It's like a doctoral, a doctor of, of the law in his time. And he even said in chapter 1, I was ahead of my peers. In fact, I was passionate about the law. That's why I persecuted the church. I'm paraphrasing. So Paul was explaining that Peter... You see, in verse 15, as if he's speaking to Peter, but also speaking to the Galatians. And they say, we're not Gentiles. Gentiles are, 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 are unclean people. They don't know what's right or wrong. We know what's right or wrong because we have the law. We're not like them. So Paul was, in effect, saying that, however, 
Paul said that, hey, Peter, you know that one is justified through faith in Christ and not the works of the law. Let's read chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So, we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Because by works of the law, no one will be justified. So, he's saying no one will be justified by by fulfilling all the commands of the law. No one is justified because in his other arguments, in other chapters, in other, in other letters, you fail in one part of the law. You've actually failed. I think James confirmed that as well. But no one, no one meets the mark of fully, fully, 100% obeying the law. No one is justified there. Who is justified those who have faith in Christ alone. Now let, let me give you a, the term justified was used in the verses we, uh, we've read. What does justify mean when you see it in the New Testament? Justified by faith in Christ or by faith in what he did. Justify means the guilty being pronounced not guilty. You see, we are guilty of sin. Now it's not about your level of morality. You commit one sin, you're still guilty. We are guilty. But through Christ, genuine faith in him, not a religious faith in him, not a, a sort of, I believe he exists, he did this, he did that, not a shallow faith in him, but a faith that comes from within. Our whole being, believing in him, we are justified. And that is good news. Why? You don't have to work for your justification. It's not about the many good works you do outdoing your bad works. We're not also saying you can do bad works. No, no, no. Christ is not the servant of sin. He does not promote sin because he gives us grace. No, that's the wrong idea. But Paul was saying to Peter, but also reflecting it to the letter in Galatians, hey, don't go to the wrong emphasis. It's not by the works of the law. Our emphasis is justification by faith. Again, let me give you a side note. Some of us act that way, like we, we have a new law in the Christian world of what should be and not should be, and we focus more on that. And I said, yes, if we sin what is clearly in Scripture, like adultery, like, like extramarital sex, like uh, stealing, gossip, uh, fornication, sure, uh, murder, hatred. That's clearly in Scripture, and those are clearly sin. And yes, we should correct one another. But some of us have added to it to a point that we're acting like we have our own law. What do I mean? We begin focusing on externals and giving more emphasis to that rather than the gospel. 
The Bible said drunkenness is a sin, and that is a sin. But drinking is not, but some of you have made drinking a sin. Now you're adding something. Now we come from different backgrounds, and sometimes some of us speak loudly. <laughs> like There's one province we know, they speak loudly, but they're not actually fighting each other. It's just the normal way of speaking. And we have said speaking loudly is a sin. Oh, come on, where did that come from? Now some of us have emphasized more on that rather than the gospel. Look, I believe in modesty. I believe ladies should look modestly, properly. But women's dress is not the focus of the gospel. Some of us have focused more on that. The gospel is the gospel. Suffering, death, resurrection of Christ. And he ordered his disciples proclaim repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And we, we argued that the word repentance, a change of mind, also means reflectively to believe, to have faith. And to have faith, to believe, as we have argued, even in the context of John 3.16, you read 17, 18, 19, 21, if you truly believe, you don't do the works of darkness, which implies, once again, a turning away from sin, which is repentance. We preach clearly what is in Scripture. If it is not so clear, chill, man, chill. Don't be so critical. Paul knew that Peter knew that it wasn't about circumcision. But these Judaizers focus on the circumcision. No, it's about circumcision. <laughs> You're focusing on the wrong thing, Paul was saying. We are justified by what? By faith. Pete, Paul knew that Peter knew that justification by faith is an integral part of the gospel message. No one will be justified through the works of the law, but only through faith in Christ. First point, faith, not the law. Second, death to life. All are sinners, including Peter and Paul. Yet Paul made it clear that Christ is not the servant of sin. Moreover, Paul cannot go back to promoting the law as he once did because he died to it already. Now he lives in him. Let's read verses 17 all the way to 19. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were, were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. Means as we are justified in Christ, no one is perfect. Since our emphasis is not on morality, although morality is a byproduct of faith in Christ, it is a result. We grow into morality as we have faith in Christ. Morality is not the standard that a person is saved. It is a result of your genuine faith. But he's saying, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. It's like the same language in, in Romans when Paul said, 
uh, the, is, does it mean when we sin, grace abounds, meaning we can ask for forgiveness? Because grace abounds, shall we just continue to sin without conviction? Shall we just do it just because we want it? Because anyway, we're forgiven or we will be forgiven. Uh, Paul is saying, certainly not. Certainly not. No. Because if you go back to that way of thinking, it's about do's and don'ts. Please stop it now. Grow up in faith. Yes, we have do's and don'ts, but only what is clear. If it's gray, then there's a lot of freedom in the grace of God. Do you know that Galatians is also known as the epistle of liberty? Christian liberty, not by works. Verse 18, now Paul speaks about, shall I go back to the way I was? Verse 18, for I, if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. If I go back to who I was, if I rebuild that, who was he? You, you read the book of Acts, you'll see a glimpse of who he was. He persecuted the church. He watched the cloaks of those who killed Stephen. And he ravaged houses. Christian houses. He was a persecutor of the church. He was on his way to Damascus to do more damage to the church when Jesus Christ in his glory stopped him. Now, verse 19 for through the law, I died to the law, so that I might live to God. Through the law. What does that mean? I would say, perhaps, because if you think through the law, no one really passes the law. At least once you'll be guilty, and you're already a failure of the law. For through the law, I died to the law, and the death to the law was necessary that I might live to God. Paul tore down what he used to fight for, which was the law of Moses. You see, he had no faith in Christ. His belief was anchored in the law of Moses, the works of the law. The law having faith in the law of Moses means the works of the law. But he would not rebuild his former work in Judaism. No. A problem with some believers today, they're trying to rebuild the old ceremonies for the nostalgia of it. Some even tried arguing theologically about it. Of course, they were met by other theologians saying, no, 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 no. No. Paul would not rebuild his former work in Judaism. He considered it a sin to go back to the law. Paul died to the law. We're talking about these ceremonies that you have to do. We're talking about ceremonies that you have to bring an animal every year to kill for the sake of your sin. An innocent animal who had nothing to do with your sin should suffer. Of course, we know that the other parts of the Bible would say there was only one necessary death forever. No more the blood of lambs or goats or other animals. But the blood of Christ was sufficient. 
His one death more than 2,000 years ago was enough. But today, we just have to believe in him to get the benefit of that sacrifice. Now, Paul was saying, I could no longer live that life. Some of us were so religious in our past, we can no longer live that life. Some of us lived more like, well, as expected, Gentiles. Pleasure here, pleasure there. Sin here, sin there. We don't care. We can no longer live that life. The new life, my third point. Paul stated that he was crucified with Christ. Well, not literally. But through faith. Now say, I'm crucified with Christ, but through faith. The old Paul no longer lives, but Christ lives in him. His new life was a life, what is this new life about? Lived in faith. In whom? In Christ. It's all about him. Verse 20, let's read verse 20 and 21. And these verses we know a lot. Some of you have memorized this very famous verse. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lived, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. Very important verses. Now we like quoting these verses, but in its context, he was fighting for the gospel. He was fighting for the gospel. Because the life he had was a life, what? Of defending the law of Moses, and he was persecuting the church of Christ. He was against the gospel. So he said, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. Now he's speaking about himself, but he is reflecting this to the Galatians. Hey, hey, it's like saying, you should no longer live to yourself. You should no longer live. But Christ must live in you. And the life that you live on earth, you should live by faith in the Son of God. And that's what everyone must do. As long as we're here, what do we do? We live by faith in the Son of God. We are busy people occupied with paying our bills, hoping to raise money for the tuition fees of our children. And our children busy studying or busy not studying disrespecting their parents, the money that their parents raise. No offense to anybody. But I'm saying we're all sinners. We're so busy. We say we have no time for scripture. We have no time for what the Bible said. Do not neglect gathering together, meeting one another. We have no time for that. We have no time to read the Bible, the scripture. You know why? Because it is still you who live. It is still us who live. And it is not Christ living in us. The Christ life must come out. The Christ life must come out. And what is Paul saying? What is the Christ life? It is living by faith in him. But within context, he says, I do not nullify the grace of God. Well, he doesn't have the power to nullify. 
He's speaking as a meta- in a metaphoric way. I do not nullify or I do not disregard the grace of God. Because if righteousness was through the law, if I just obeyed the law and I would be righteous, then Christ, the death of Christ meant nothing. And if you think it is just being good, I'm a good boy, I'm not hurting anybody, and just by being good I can be saved, then you nullify, you disregard the purpose of his suffering and death. I'm not so bad. Come on. I'm not a thief. I'm not a killer. Uh, I just mind my own business. Yeah, that's a problem. You're not minding the business of Christ. You just mind your own. And the business of Christ is not literally business in money. It is, as he said himself, my father's business, God's business. Which is what? Preaching repentance and the gospel and making disciples. Those who believe that righteousness comes through the works of the law, in effect, say that Christ's suffering and death meant nothing. But the law could not justify a person. Justification comes through faith alone. It's a new life. I have been crucified with Christ. We have to repeat these verses to ourselves. I have been crucified with Christ. No longer I who live. No longer the Ed Pilapil Jr. of the past. That should not live any longer. No longer. It is now Christ who lives in me. And how does that work? I live by faith in him. Now, some of you may interpret this as doing exactly what Jesus did on earth. That's not the point here. Exactly in the sense of his character, yes, but not exactly as you have to be crucified on the cross come Holy Week. It's not what it's saying here. What it's saying here is, I live by faith. And how can you do that? The word of God. You live by faith. We believe it. Let us not disregard the sacrifice of Christ by making it all about the do's and don'ts. It is about his suffering, death, and resurrection. And I believe in that. And the significance of that, and that is eternal. Like I mentioned to you, it's something you should never get tired of again and again and again. If you get tired of it, oh, I know that already. (laughs) If you have that attitude then I can clearly see you do not understand the gospel. That lack of appreciation shows it means nothing to you. It is just head knowledge. Because if you understand the sacrifice he went through, eternally saving our souls, forever we shall be grateful. Every waking moment, we shall be grateful. Every sleeping moment, we shall be grateful. Every crisis moment, we shall be grateful. Every abundant moment, we shall be grateful for what he has done on the cross. Never allow Christian life to be just practical Christian living. Or just living in morality. Or or, or just uh, having church activities. 
what ties us together is our belief and faith in the gospel. We are justified by faith, not by our own works. In our application one, proclaim justification by faith, as Paul did. Whether Jew or Gentile, a person can only experience justification in God's eyes through faith in Christ. Thus, we must proclaim with clarity the message of justification by faith, not by the works of the law. Paul reminded Peter and the Galatians about justification by faith. Therefore, let us remind ourselves and remind others about it. Some might think they understand it, but they cannot explain it. Let us explain it clearly. It does not involve additions. So if some of you think being a Christian is just going to church every week and we have wonderful fellowship, sure, that's part of it, but that's not it. Christian life is just avoiding temptation. That's part of it, but that's not it. It's being a good husband, a good wife, a good father, and a good mother. That's part of it, but that's not it. It's helping those in needy, helping the poor, fighting for justice. It's part of it, but that's not it. Don't get lost in the minor. You forget the real thing. Number two, never look back. Paul would no longer go back to his religious ways in Judaism. He understood that justification is by faith in Christ. Neither should we look back to dead works in our former life of sin. Our faith is in Christ alone. Some people's past is religiosity, which focuses on high moral standards for salvation. Others' past is in sinful desires, yet others' past was simply self-centeredness. Whatever our past, let us not look back, focus on Christ. And I do mean faith in Christ. Next is live by faith. Paul wrote that he was crucified with Christ and no longer lives. Now Christ lives in him and the life he lives, he lives by faith in Christ. Genuine believers die to themselves and live the Christ life, a life of faith in him. We die to ourselves and we are resurrected in him, metaphorically speaking. It is no longer we who live, but Christ in us. And every day we remind ourselves because every day the flesh tries to overcome us, but we go back, faith in him. And the flesh tries to battle with us, and then we go back, faith in him. Faith in him, faith in him. Some of us make it a big issue what we go through in life. Yes, because we feel it. But it's not bigger than the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not bigger than our faith in him. Our present problems, yes, we have to address them. We have to be responsible, but that's not it. That's not the main thing. Your pursuits, dreams, ambitions, that's not the main thing. I'm not saying don't do it. You should be a productive member of society as the Bible depicts that a person must grow in wisdom and knowledge and must grow in reputation. I believe that is all scriptural, but that's not the main thing. Politics is not the main thing. Our hope is not in a candidate. Our hope is in Christ.
Christ alone. So please, don't waste your time debating with others. Just have a conversation. Tell me why. Why are you voting for this person? Okay. Would you like us to analyze the strengths and negatives, the pros and cons, without you even injecting anything? Just making people think is already a big thing. Without even you revealing your position, but making people think. Because I guess we do a lot less thinking and a lot more getting influenced by others. It's not about politics. It's about Christ. Life is no longer about us. It is now about Him. So whatever you do, whatever Christ has put in your heart to pursue, remember this. It is no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you. If you find something not for you, then look for another thing. But remember, you see, career, business, that's all not, that all can change. But what doesn't change is what? This one, I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ who lives in me. You're getting married? I am crucified with Christ. It's not about you nor about her or him. It is what the scripture says. If it's still about you, you justify everything based on your emotions. But when you go to scripture, then you subject your emotions. That's a sign of spiritual maturity. Then truly your faith is in what he said. Truly your faith is in him and not yourself. You know that sometimes we have to suffer, make hard decisions to follow God's word. That is faith. Because this is what the word says, but this is what I want. But it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So it's not really do's and don'ts. It's a better whether it's me or him. Is it him? Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. That's living by faith. There's a new opportunity. Should I take it or not? I'm crucified with Christ. I no longer I who live. Then it gives you a better perspective in your decision making. So how do we make it about him first? We live the gospel and proclaim it by faith. Know the gospel by heart and proclaim it by faith. Gee, the gospel is not accept Jesus and repeat after me. Please. Did you see Jesus say that? Accept me, proclaim that the whole world accept me? Did you see the apostles say that? Accept him as Lord and Savior. Um, I just say, why not just choose the more accurate words that they used? Jesus preached, repent and believe in the gospel. Why don't we just use that? Peter said, repent and then be baptized. Why don't we just say that Paul, when Paul said, and explaining himself to the crowd and to King Agrippa, everywhere I went, again, I'm paraphrasing, but this I do not paraphrase. I proclaim repentance from dead works and faith towards God. He kept preaching that. And Peter said that, that God desires all men to be saved and come to repentance. Why not use... And you say, yeah, but didn't John 1.12 say those who receive him, he gave the power to become children of God? Yeah, that was a descriptive writing. That's not prescriptive, meaning 
Jesus did not say, receive me. The apostles did not say, receive him. What did they say? Either repent or believe. And Jesus said, said those, and he said, follow me. Why don't we just use that? Yeah, you have to evaluate. Do you really believe the gospel? According to as clearly as scripture? Or, or, or the modern uh, uh, explanations that made it a little easier to come to Christ? Did Christ make it easy for the rich young ruler? What shall I do to be saved? He said, give up everything. He said, follow the commandments. And the proud young ruler said, I've done all of them. Oh gee, what pride. There's one who perfected the law and he thinks he did. He said, why don't you sell everything? Then follow me. And he went away. Did Christ say, oh, come again, come again, come again. Gee. You must know the gospel, live it, and proclaim it. And of course, if you live it by faith, you submit to it. Because you believe it. And you find freedom in the word of God. But we are no longer required religious ceremonies. Because it's by faith. The only thing that was required in scripture was water baptism. And of course, the breaking of bread. Which is a symbol of our unity in Christ. So friends, I repeat verse 20 again. Shall we put up verse 20 for all of us? I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Take note that the context is in defending the gospel. If you have to come to the point you have to defend the gospel, remember you are crucified with Christ, no longer you who live. Do not be ashamed to correct another Peter. I give you a poem called Crucified with Christ. Do we need justification? Oh, this is for clarification. Yes, we all do because of guilt. Include sin that we cannot quit. How then may we be justified? Let us then be demystified. It's faith in who was crucified, Christ Jesus, the one glorified. Not by works of the old law, the old law designed to be flawed, but by faith in the perfect one, none other than God's only son. We're crucified with Christ by faith. Our salvation we can't create. Thus we live by faith day by day. Our faith in him firm and cannot be swayed. Let us all rise and let us pray. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this section of scripture. When your servant explained uh, even a story about an altercation with one of your apostles showing that none of us are perfect no one is above the gospel and we humbly bow down before you and your good news teach us not to believe a distorted gospel and teach us not to distort the gospel teach us to be accurate with it for cursed is the one 
who preaches another gospel, which is not really another, but some have distorted it. May we live in the fear of God. Teaches us well to correct one another with the gospel. Of what the gospel is, the clarity, how important the clarity is more than the little do's and don'ts. The clarity of the gospel is more important. Put that in our minds and our hearts. And remind us always, Lord, as Paul stated, may it be true in us that we are crucified in Christ. Therefore, we no longer live, but Christ lives in us. And the life we now live on earth, in this earthly body, we live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself for us and loved us. Thank you. Teach us not to nullify the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. For we, if we believed it was the law, the morality, the do's and don'ts, then his death would mean nothing. But his death did not meant everything. Teach us to understand that. To live by faith. To believe in the gospel and live it. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. God's people say, Amen. God bless you. Good morning.